This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. All right, welcome to Reclaiming Families. We've got a great episode. We're very excited That's right. um, for this episode. We're very excited for this series, Warm Homes. And um, I have really enjoyed recording these yeah. episodes, and so I hope you enjoy listening to them. But before we get started, um, we are on um, Spotify and iTunes, and uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you can like it or uh, give us five stars, it'll help spread this podcast, and also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. That's where we give updates. You can check us out on reclaimingfamilies.com or no, .org. 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 And, um, and follow us and, and get a lot of free resources there. Um, and so, yeah, without, uh, I guess, further ado, let's... Well, should, so you guys are in for a treat. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're about to start... So we're in the Warm Family series... But we're in part one of a part two series on the Dooley family. So we've already got to record um, with all of the Dooley kids who are now also Dooley adults. So you get to hear that next week. But this week. We're here with Jim and Janice Dooley. Yep. So welcome to the Reclaiming Families podcast. uh, Thank you. Good to be here with you. Yes, this is. This is a treat for us, too. Yes, it is. It is. We're excited about it. it. So So tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been married? How many kids do you have? And just, you know, something where our readers can kind of get an idea of um, just a picture of who you are. 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 Uh, Okay, well, uh, uh, again, my name is uh, Jim Dooley, and uh, I've been married to Janice Dooley. It'll be uh, 33 years on uh, March the 4th well, of this coming year. Coming up. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we've, and as you've already said, we have uh, four and a half grown children. We have our youngest is a, is a uh, student at uh, Tennessee Tech, where all the rest of them went. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, they've all done real well, and we've done well by them, and we're just uh, really blessed to... Uh, to be able to uh, to say that so many other people aren't as blessed as we are, so yeah. we're very appreciative of that. And and uh, as you probably already know, Randy, that a lot of your family well-being is directed by the your wife. My I'm, my situation was no different. Uh, the woman here to my left, Janice, is. Uh, is uh, is probably I, I mean I know everybody's husbands every every husband thinks that every everybody's wife is the best and and they're all good but I mean you know from my perspective <laughs> uh, she's just the greatest <laughs> she is just the greatest I mean my my uh, and a little bit of background my job you know I worked uh, thirty years and the job that I had at the time that I worked it was. The, the hours were crazy. Sometimes it was a day thing. Sometimes it was a night thing. 
And, and there were periods of time during busy seasons when, you know, I would come in at two or three o'clock in the morning and I'd sleep till 10 or 11 o'clock or one o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'd get up at three or four o'clock. I mean, I was in and out and, and the, the bulk of overseeing those children was done by my wife going to church a lot of times. I mean, my work dictated that I wasn't able to go to church with my children. My, my wife, my precious wife, Janice, she always got them up. There wasn't any questions. Everybody lined up. They all went to church and, uh, she was, she was just really, uh, I don't think that it would have turned out as well as it has if I, if I didn't have such a strong, a really, really strong and stable helpmate, really, truly. I, I mean, she's not, she's not inferior at all to me in any way. I mean, I mean, she was a homeschool mom. Uh, and did it for 24 years. She gave up a career at Vanderbilt as a research scientist. She's got a master's degree in environmental microbiology. <laughs> so that's where we met. The West yeah. Virginia University. But she gave it all up. She just, when she got, I mean, she just of her own volition gave it all up to raise my children. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just beautiful. It really is. It's a God thing. It really is truly a, it is, a God thing. It is a God thing. And, you know, we actually had six children. And so we have one in glory that we'll meet one day. Yeah. And we raised five. And, um, and, and we got married late in life. I was 29 and Jim was 31. I didn't and, know that. Uh, and oh yeah. That gives me hope that we'll have lots of kids. <laughs> <laughs> and and everywhere we went, they didn't believe that we hadn't either been married before, uh, even at the uh, courthouse. But nonetheless, we were like, no, this is our first marriage, and so the, God was gracious to give us those five children. When I had my first thirty-two and my last forty-three, and um, yeah, and you know. Um, Jim's the only man that ever proposed to me. I'll say that. <laughs> and I gladly said yes. Um, but but um, I still enjoy his company. After 33 years, I love hanging out with him. We really uh, have a good sense of humor. We laugh. Laughter gets you through a lot of things. And um, yeah, we went to a, a, a basketball game last night. Longwood <laughs> University, ten and zero in the Big South. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, um, that well. that's a little bit of our history. And and the only other thing I wanted to say about first meeting Jim when I was twenty three is the very first day I met him, he talked to me about Jesus. I was not a believer and. For those of you that don't know, my husband led me to the Lord. And I went home, and at that time, the only time in my life I kept a journal, I wrote in my journal, I met a guy named Jim Dooley, and he knows Jesus. I don't know Jesus, but he knows Jesus. And that was my first impression of my husband. That's so awesome. That answers, well, that answers our, our, our initial get-together, I think. Well. The backstory to that is that I was on a playing softball, intramural softball, and I was one man down 
and I was not going to forfeit. I, I played on the on the uh, international team. There were players from Honduras, El Salvador, from Kenya, Ethiopia, and none of them could speak with one another. And I was the only you know English speaker there, and and they just kind of appointed me as the captain or whatever. So I was one man down, and I was not going to forfeit. I was playing her department. Yeah. And I wasn't going to forfeit to her. So I I walked in front of the bleachers where she was sitting, and I just asked a blanket question. I said, yes. I said, does anybody want to play softball? Does anybody want to play softball? And out of the crowd, she rose. She said, I'll play. I'll play. Hey, cool. she's been playing ever in a, since. In a skirt. <laughs> yeah, she's been playing ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, so, yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Well, you know, from our perspective, I mean, you can already tell you guys are a fun couple, a loving couple, and, you know, just we all, we know your kids better than we know you guys, but it seems from our perspective that you all have what we consider a warm home or, you know, especially as everybody was growing up and, and it's, I think it shows in the fact that four of the five kids all live with back doors opening up (laughs) to the same courtyard (laughs) of each other. And it's just like, we, we recognize that that's a great, like from the grace of God, but it's also (laughs) a lot of probably what you did and we're going to get into it a little bit, but do y'all have just any initial thoughts before we kind of dive in deep about how it happened like this? Well, you know, you're going to hear us give glory to God quite a bit because we know our own frailties. We know our own shortcomings. And believe me, there's probably nothing more heart-wrenching as a parent than to see your sin replicated in your child. Mm. And so that keeps you humble. Yeah. And you never want to lose that when you're raising children. Um, You know, we, I think our goal from the very beginning was to keep pointing our children to Christ. Every avenue, every opportunity, every mistake, it was keep pointing them to Jesus. And honestly, when the Lord captured their hearts, I mean, that, that was the greatest accomplishment we could ever achieve as parents, because then the spirit of God took over and the mm. spirit of God has led them to be the adults that they are today. That's good. I mean, we'd like to take credit, but we cannot, <laughs> yeah. and we're not to steal God's glory and I'm not going to steal his glory. And I know Jim won't either, but truly that's the essence of what we did. And then we did have a lot of love. We covered everything in love. And, and so my, my banner scripture for raising children, which a lot of people heard me say is first Peter four, eight love fervently and love covers a multitude of sins. So our sins are covered by that deep love. And isn't that the essence of Christianity, right? That's good. I mean, So you may not have everything figured out foundationally, scripturally. You may not have the wisdom of Solomon, but you can love. You can love deeply and you can love fervently. And that love is 
is truly a great gift. And, and, um, and so that's probably what you see um, carried out in our children is, is the love of Christ that we exhibited and, and they laid hold of. You yeah. want to add to that? <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think practically speaking, I, I mean, there's a lot of structural stuff that has to be in place and functioning. It may not be 100% stroking at 100% every day, all day. But I mean, but for the most part, it's got to be, it's got to be firing on most of its cylinders, most every day to have a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. And and one of those things that really, 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 that we tried to do as a couple was always tried to be consistent. Mm -hmm. I mean, my father with, with me and my siblings was consistent. I mean, if. I mean, he was just consistent. He loved us, but he was consistent. And, uh, and so we tried to do that. So, I mean, if, if I came into the setting after being out of the home, came back into the home and there was a, there was a problem and, and, uh, she, my wife, Janice told me about it. Then it was up to me to kind of regulate what, what was needing to be done to correct the situation. I didn't, I never undercut her. I never undercut. I never really questioned her, you know, her decision. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get into that. I didn't, I didn't try a case and to see if my wife was guilty. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm I'm the judge and I'm going to, I'm going to take care of this problem for yes. the sake of my family. Yes. And, and we, and I was always, I always tried to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and as far as, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in a lot of relationships, you know, the man, the man is the one that kind of oversees that correction in a family. And, and early on we, we had the three D's that, that usually mm-hmm. precipitated, some form of correction yeah. directed toward our children. And it was disrespect, defiance, and disobedience. Yep. If, if one of these offenses fell into one of those three Ds, mm-hmm. it was, there was a correction that was done. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the correction was what form of correction was to a large extent, uh, you know, we... It wasn't set every time what it was going to be, but but we it, we did it what we thought we were led to do as far as correcting the situation, and 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 obviously we did overall due to the fact that the way our children turned out, and they love us <laughs> and love each other. I mean, but for instance, none of our children, and and you can clarify this if you need to none of our children got cell phones until they were what 17 18 no it was a graduation gift graduation gift graduation gift so so that's the way james paul was that's the way benjamin was and they had flip phones for a long time (laughs) yeah that's exactly right hey and and cheapest model that's right and if any of them when they got to where they were driving and leaving the home and going to be out they took my cell phone 
Or mine. They took my. They took yeah. one of our cell phones. Because we're not married to our phone. No, no, no. They can have my phone. Just yeah. bring it back. Yeah, just bring it back. I mean, here's how you unlock it. Just bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Intact. But, but anyway, uh, James Paul didn't get one until that time. Benjamin didn't get one. Ellen didn't get one. David didn't get one. David bought his own. David bought his own. At 17. That's right. He, so worked, that, he had a job. He had a job and he worked and he got it. So that was a little bit different, but it was it, it was all good. And Mary Grace had a job, bought hers she at got, 17. But, but, you know, it was cute. So Mary's the last one. And, and so when she got, uh, I forget what her exact age was, but she got to where she was asking about cell phone, you know. And, and when she got to be 16 or 17, you know, it was. Everybody had uh, one. <laughs> Everybody had one. Yeah. yeah, and she got ridiculed for it. By yeah, the way, for not by not having yeah by one. not having one. And and I mean in youth groups, and they yeah. they slam you know Jim and I for not getting her one. Yeah. And I mean we took some heat. It's like it's like you know holding back a tidal wave. But let me tell you this, and you can finish your story. The <laughs> inventors of the cell phone in Silicon Valley don't allow any of their children to have cell phones. I've heard that. Okay. Yeah, and so what does that tell you? It's highly, highly addictive. It is. Highly, highly addictive. Yeah. So so Mary came to me and she said, Daddy, I want a cell phone. <laughs> I said, all right, Mary, cell phone. I said, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Did, did James Paul get one? She said, no, sir. I said, did Benjamin get one? No, sir. Did it? I mean, she got down to Ellen. She kind of figured it out. Yeah. This is what going, I mean, you know, that she wasn't going to get one. But, but, but she did work. She did work, and she was able to go that route. So she chose to work and save her money. Uh, she got one. But, but we discouraged it as long as yeah, possible. Yeah. 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 And that's why they... Play, they can play sports. They can yes, play the piano. Yes, they, they're artists. They develop their crafts and skills and, you know, yeah. things that develop a human being. I mean, versus, but we were consistent with yeah. it. And I think that's the yeah. overarching thing is, yeah, is we were consistent. We didn't, we didn't elevate any of those children above the mm -hmm. other. No. So, I mean, and I think that's key that you do that. Yes. And however and many you have, that's exactly right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, my, I think another principle that we, we, we employed was that, you know, we were always mom and dad. You know, we were always yeah. mom and dad. It, there was, I mean, it, it sounds really, really, really old-fashioned and, and you know, kind of stoic to, to view yourselves as a parent and they as, their, as children. But, but, you know, there was, there was a line there. It, mm -hmm. it, it fluctuated. But there was a line there, you know, and we were always mom and dad and, and they were always children. And As opposed and, to being like a friend, you're saying you yes, had that that's boundary. Exactly. One of his yes. lines I heard a hundred and one oh, times, please, you don't need one more friend. You need a parent. You need two parents. Whenever they got a little too, you know, familiar, familiar, the gym's yeah. like dad would say, you don't you need another friend. And it's the truth. It is absolutely the truth. We are parents. Now you segue into friendship as yes. adults and yes. it's lovely. It is yes. so much fun. But but when they're young and you're training in the training years, 
it, it there has to be that line drawn and you know the reason for it is submission if they can't learn to submit to mom and dad how are they going to submit to god how are they going to submit to their spouses how are they going to submit to their bosses there'll always be an argument right that's right so that's the whole principle behind this submission that's good it's very good yeah and, and in fact that submission principle was really, really critical in me even coming to the point that I could marry her. <laughs> I mean, I was real. I mean, I was, I was, I was. You had a long checklist. I was, you all. I was on the other side <laughs> of the mountain, walking away. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Daddy, I mean, right. looking. It's all right. I know it's fine, but looking back, <laughs> if I hadn't married this, I'd be by myself somewhere. I probably would have never gotten married, but but it really became clear to me when 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 I was by myself in my bed one night and I was mulling it over what to do and all the all the what ifs that we all go through and 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 something uh, you know I began to think about the fact that uh, questions were I was kind of going through the process of of uh, Asking questions. It, it was probably the Spirit of God that was speaking to me. I mean, you know, but but the question was asked: Is 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 Janice a Christian? And I would go, well, I bow up and say, well, yes, she's a Christian. I've led her to Christ. I was there. I witnessed it. Well, yes, she's she's done everything that the word says is required to have a, a functional reproducing faith in Christ. And I'd saw that and I'd witnessed that. And, uh, and then the next question was, do are you, are you a Christian? Do you have that same faith? And, and of course I said, yes, because I had, I had transmitted it to her. I mean, how can you give away something that you don't have? Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and then the question, the million-dollar question came to my mind. Well, if, if, you're, if you're a Christian, then you're mine. And if she's a Christian, then, you're, then she's mine. And, and you don't have any ownership of anything. You have to be secure in the fact that if there's a problem with Janice... I'm more than able to deal with it. It's mm, good because because she's mine, and you're mine. You just line up with me. She lines up with me, and I'll take care of the. I'll take care of all the particulars. And for going on thirty three years, he has done that. Yes. Yeah. So it really sounds like even in the beginning, like it was kind of you know you just had to come to a point where you said, "All right, Lord, I trust you with my future. I trust you with my marriage." Amen. And then, yeah. yes, here you are, thirty-three years later, <laughs> but, yeah. going towards fifty. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of recapping when we said, you know, some thoughts on how y'all feel like it turned out so well. You said a few different things. One was kind of obviously you you want to give the glory to the Lord. I think that's important not to continue. You know, we don't want to miss out on that. But also that you covered your home in love that you had consistent structure, consistent boundaries. And so we yeah. want to double click on some of those things. 
And what's the first thing we want to double click on? Yeah, just uh, when it comes to loving your family, you you kind of, what were some of the practicals um, in day-to-day life or ways where you tried to show your children that you loved them? Oh, you know what? The first thing that comes to mind is serving them. Hmm. You know, how... How much of our day is taken up serving our children? It's a lot, yeah. right? And and so, really, so much is birthed just in serving your children. Now, children need boundaries. And I think giving them boundaries, giving them routine, giving them structure, that all shows love. That demonstrates love. Because, you know, what does God say? I chastise those who I love. I mean, he's about correcting us. He's about giving us boundaries for our good. And aren't we the happiest when we are in God's boundaries? But that's part of the love is is just the the boundaries we give them. And um, also, you know, making time with each one. I always tried to um, be a good listener. So, and it's funny, my son, JP, said to me the other day, he said, Mom, you're such a great listener. And and that's probably one of the best compliments I can receive because a lot of people are talkers, but they don't listen well. Mm -hmm. And I try to listen to what people are saying to me and respond. And, And in so doing, you make them feel special. So just talking to them every day, their needs, whatever their needs might be, I tried to meet needs. All of those things show love. I mean, um, I also love playing with my kids. I mean, I'd be like, I'm a, I was a work now, play later, mama, because I had to homeschool, and I didn't want to be any deficit in their education. So I'm like, okay, gang, let's get this schoolwork done. I'm going to go out and kick that football with you for an hour. And, you know, they loved it when I'd kick the ball, and they'd all, you know, try to cut. Or we're going to go bird watching, or we're going to use our little book at Pizza Hut coupons at the Pizza <laughs> something so i would work with them and then i'd play with them yeah and and so many wise people said you know you only can have a short window of time to influence your children you have 18 years that's not that long believe me when we say that here we are with no children in our home and we can't believe it still and and so it's so important you take full advantage of the time that they're under your roof you're laying the foundation. You're laying the springboard because they are arrows that we shoot out, right? The Word of God says they're arrows. Yeah. We're not to keep them in our quiver. We shoot them for God's kingdom, God's use, God's glory. So that, to me, is, you know, a big part of it. And you you want to add to that? Well, it started every morning at about 8 eight to eight thirty we we sat on the couch and yeah. we we had daily bible readings and we would sing songs praise songs that we had learned and we i mean you know it was really consistent yes i mean they got up they knew that when they got a little older of course you know the 12 10 or 12 or 13 they knew what the routine was. I mean, they were kind of habituated to the, to this thing, but but it was every day. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't getting out of work because you're homeschooled. I mean, my wife 
orchestrated and structured a homeschool curriculum for them. And, and they went to the library. They got books. They, they did their studies. She did science projects with them, mathematics. She did all kinds of stuff with them, but it was structured. And like she said, there was a, there was a definite structure. Education was first. And, and, and in the educational process, Christ was elevated above all of it, mm-hmm. all of it. That's the ultimate form wow. of knowledge to have yes. is knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. Everything, I mean, if we don't have, if that's not the focus of your search for knowledge is, is knowing God and, 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 and the fullness of what he has for it. I mean, everything else is really, I mean, Solomon said that it's all vanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that was a that was a, a a big thing, and then out of that flowed. There was lots of blessings that flowed, and and they knew us and interacted with us and mm-hmm. knew what they could do and what they couldn't do. And and my wife and I would pray that that our children would not develop a spirit of rebellion. Mm. We we prayed. We, we would pray with our children at night. It, when they would go to bed, we would pray with them like all Christian parents do. They pray with their children. They, they answer questions. And if there's little fears that they have, questions that they have, there's special time given and their an- the questions are answered. And they're, they're usually of a God-centered answer and, and take it to the Lord and pray about it and Mm-hmm. And and God will answer you. You know he'll he'll answer your request. And I mean, uh, and God answered our prayers at the same time. There they they was there was no rebellion in any of them. Mm-mm. They they did not rebel. And uh, and like Janice said, if if they will submit to God, mm-hmm. and I told them, I told them when. I told them when they went to tech, I, I told them if they would maintain their relationship with God, if what you do, if you question yourself and you're good with God with what you do, you do not have to worry about me. Hmm. I'm not greater than God. If, if, if your activities are good with God in your heart as a Christian, then, then they're, they're no problem with me. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. And, and you know, when they started transitioning into the latter teen years, going toward college and stuff, we tried to put the onus of their, of their actions. We, they were, they were responsible. <laughs> and as she's already talked about quivers and eras, you know, we, we always wanted to shoot them. <laughs> I mean, we always had a desire yeah. not to maintain them in a quiver and show them off, mm-hmm. but to shoot them. We wanted them to be practical, reproducing, functional, healthy, vibrant Christians. Mm-hmm. Make an impact. Make an impact on the world. And, yes. And, yeah. and having, having a, a, a loving spouse and, Produce, reproducing that in another family, you know, that that was that was what our goal always was. And the last little tidbit, uh, 
or male times. Yes. <laughs> we always had three males until they got older and then they all had crazier schedules. But, you know, even if we, even if daddy had to leave or his schedules up, we would have our meal. And then we always had a dinner hour. And, you know, there's so many studies about families that have that dinner hour. And it's a time where you get to reconnect. And when your lives start getting very busy in, in the high school years and you're running, 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 but that meal time is so valuable. Yeah. And you can also find out what's going on in their lives. It's a yeah. time where you can look them in the face and say, you know, that that they're not quite as happy tonight. I Mm. I wonder what's going, you know, you pick up on little things. So that meal time is so valuable. And, um, and it's just Jim and I, and we still have meal time together every every night. Yeah. And, I don't have anybody else to cook for. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. It's the best cook in the world. Go ahead. Well, one thing that I just want to, you know, just for people listening, you know, when uh, all that stuff is really good. But one thing I always want to highlight is when Jim said, you know, if when you went off to college, you know, if your decisions are good with God, then you don't have to worry about me. Um, this could be a whole, we won't get into it cause it could be a whole nother podcast, but yeah. <laughs> I think one, uh, just prime example of that for people who don't know is that their oldest son, JP spent, uh, what, two years <laughs> living in Thailand. And so, mm-hmm. you know, obviously as a parent, that's something that's like my, my boy's going <laughs> across the world and he, I'm not going to get to see him for two years. And, but I just think that that's, probably one of those examples where it's like, okay, if you're following the Lord, yeah. then like it's, yeah. it's good with me. And so I just wanted to kind of throw a practical out there of how you guys, yeah. um, I imagine how that played out in just one practical example. Um, yes, absolutely. All of them, you know, people, you know, I get so many people saying, Oh, you must be so sad. And so, you know, Uh, lonely and so you know missing your children and you know every child leaving is an adjustment period uh, because you're used to having them around you all the time so there's an adjustment period but seeing them flourish is the greatest joy seeing that my children are walking in the ways of the lord there is no greater joy for a parent there's no greater joy that's it that's the pinnacle yeah. I mean, we need nothing else. We don't need a big house, a big boat, a big car. We have exactly what we prayed for in this life. I mean, and all we can do is praise God. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. You know, let me, uh, I wanted to, uh, to touch back on some things that, um, we're taking notes as y'all talk. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's so good. So yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we we're no, just like, because oh, part of this podcast is what we can learn, you know, really it's selfish, you know, and so it's, uh, but, you know, when I get, when I talk to your children that uh, are now, you know, men and women, um, I get this sense, and you tell me, I guess if I'm wrong, but you, you kind of raise them to where you cared more about their character rather than what they would accomplish. Like, I mean, you've got some really smart children. You know, I, you know, part of it is, you know, 
Yeah, they're they're smart, right? One's going to be a doctor, right? He's uh he's like a chemical engineer to get his doctorate, and one's uh, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to go back to law school, and and they could all do, they could all do. My point though is like you don't really call that success, but I think you would call maybe what's their character development success. Oh, yes. Would you would you say that's true? Uh, well, I, I think that uh, we did never placed any limitations on them. <laughs> we we never placed any limitations. But we were very oh, concerned true. about their character. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, little yes. thing, any little things, lying, yeah. taking something that wasn't theirs, that was always, yeah, dealt with. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it starts small, right? Everybody says sin starts in, in small little ways. Yeah. And then left unchecked, it grows and grows and grows into where it holds you captive. So, you know, we would notice the, the character problems or character issues and um and we would address them and you're right i mean to me having integrity is more important than probably any quality you know your word should be your word you let your yes be yes and your no be no the word of god says so um i i feel that that's what i would like to be remembered for is my integrity like janice said she'll do it she did it Right. right. And, 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 and I hope that I did it with integrity, not perfectly. There's, you know, and that, that's another point. There are no perfect parents. <laughs> you know, we can bring that up right now. Um, there's just no perfect parents. And, and you, you, you can be really hard on yourself sometimes when, when you have a, you know, some kind of a breach in your parenting, so to speak. And so you just, like you, I mean, he modeled it so beautifully. If he did something against the children that he knew he shouldn't have done, maybe he disciplined the wrong child. Maybe he raised his voice. Whatever it was, it wasn't any time he would be calling all the family back together in the living room. Me too. Sit them all down, and he asked for their forgiveness. Hmm. He modeled forgiveness. Powerful. And, of course, the children would be like, sure, Mom and Dad, and off they go run it, right? <laughs> Barely remembering. But that's the nature of a child. But for him to model that was I didn't have that modeled in my home. So I learned that from Jim. And, and it's so valuable. It's so valuable. And then the children were able to forgive each other when they got on each other's you know nerves and did something again. Then daddy would say, or I would say, now go on, go back, work it out. You know, you're not coming out till you forgive. We always made him if there was a disruption between like Benjamin and James Paul or Benjamin and David or Ellen. Ellen. I mean, it was, yeah, we, we heard it. We took care of it. And then we would make them kiss each other. (laughs) Go, go, hug, Hug go, go give him a hug and kiss him. Tell him you love him. You tell him you love him. I don't care if you feel it. You don't have to feel it. It's good. I want to hear it. Yeah. You tell them. Yeah. You kiss your brother and, and or you kiss your sister and you tell her you love her. Yeah. 
Because isn't that what we do? And you get over it. As husband and wife. And you get over it. Like, I don't feel like it. Well, and see, the other thing was that when when there was all this, I mean, sometimes it was like a, I mean, it was just working. (laughs) It was just, I mean, you know, it's just working. Mm -hmm. But but we we kept really, 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 really short lists. Yeah. Yeah. And I never brought, I mean, I we tried never, we tried never to bring up old accounts mm-hmm. to our children. Yeah. I mean, we, and, and if you think about it, you know, we, uh, I mean, Janice was talking about how we would sit them, how I would sit them down and, and talk to them and that kind of thing and apologize if I made a bad, if, you know, and, and the basis for that was that if, if I want them to say that they made a mistake to me, yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect mm-hmm. by any stretch of anybody's imagination. I am not perfect, so so they need to have that modeled. Mm-hmm. We make we make we make you know we fail to make appointments. We tell children that we're going to take them yeah. and do certain certain things and. Things come up that they're not able to understand, and we're not able to follow through, and yeah. and and you know, uh, things just happen. Life happens. But one day I was uh, in the process of kind of navigating through all those emotions with young people, young children, and I asked the question. I said, "Would you want to have? Do you want to have a father that never makes a mistake?" Would you want that? Hmm. Would, would you want that? And they're like, yeah, I want to have a dad that never makes a mistake. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, listen to me, son or daughter. I said, you can have that. You can have that. I said, you need to, you need to get to know Jesus Christ. Because he will be a father to you mm-hmm. and he will never make a mistake yep. when it comes to dealing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get to know Jesus. Daddy's not perfect, but he is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's good. Yeah, you, get, you get to know Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I think it's powerful how everything yeah. is pointing, but like you're just practically, you know, you're using all of life to point your children to Jesus. Uh, that's and, the truth. Uh, that's and, right. you know, another good thing is for mom and dad to have unity as much as possible. Children are masters at divide, conquer and divide, or divide and conquer. How does that go? And and this is one of the little things Jim taught me. They would go to their dad and say, Dad, can I go to the movies with so-and-so? And Daddy would say, no, son. Uh, you know, we've got to rake the leaves and mow the lawn, whatever. Then they'd come to me in the other room. Mom, can I go to the movies with so-and-so? What did your daddy say? Have you asked your father? Well, he said no. I said, why are you coming to me? I would always back him up. That's he would right. always back me up. We would always try. Did I mean, it wasn't 100%, but we always try to be in unity in yeah. front of the children because two is stronger than one, right? Yeah. And we were a fortified force being unified together. And um, not that we always agreed. I didn't agree with all his decisions. He didn't agree with all of mine. But I would, I would try not to show it in front of the children. Yeah, right? that's good. Just go in the other room. 
and bless them out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so that that's key. That is really, I can't over, over I know so many households where the parents are divided. Yeah. And really, it goes back to the way you were raised, you all. I mean, he was raised differently than me. We're bringing our backgrounds into this new setting, and I did it this way, and he did it this way. So you have to decide what is the best way, what is God's word say about this, and you decide together, and then you can back each other at, at that point. Yeah. But it's a process of submitting to each other, though. I mean, you know, people say it's 50-50, the relationship, marriage. No. it's 50-50. I think it's about 110% apiece. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know. You give all that you have to that person. Yes. And and out of love, the person gives 110% back. Yes. yes. It's not, I mean, that's how, that's how ideally the situation, I guess, prior to the fall, that it flowed like that. Mm. I mean, it was all, all for one uh, and all for the, you know, they just, it, it went, everything went into the other person and everything from that person from the female when it, I mean, it was just that way. Yeah. It was just that way. And, and we've, I mean, we, we're not, as Janice has said, we are not perfect. I mean, you know, we made our mistakes and, Mm -hmm. but, but we've always tried to, uh, to, uh, you know, give in to each other if we can and, Mm -hmm. and talk and try to reason stuff out. Yeah. And, uh, it's worked. It's, it is it's work. work. It's an yeah, you, you cannot minimize. It's submission. It's submission. And you can't minimize. It, it takes effort. Yeah. It takes effort. None of us want to submit. Yeah. None yeah. of us. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if you're, if you're honest. I'd love to have my way yourself, all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. You have your way most of the time. <laughs> Uh, that's no, it's no, but but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> have, you you got to submit. You have to submit yeah. to have right. a functional relationship. That's right. That's right. You know, you got to you got to submit. And, yeah, and and we've learned over time that you know we do that, and it's it's really paid off dividends in raising five wonderful children. Yes, yeah. you know, you know. I just have a question. It's a little bit off the the rails a little bit, but I mean, it's right along with what we're talking about, but. You know, it sounds like I read a book recently called Dare to Discipline. Did you, did you all follow um, James Dobson? Did you read? Um, uh, yeah, we read him some. I read uh, Raising was it Strong Willed Child? Yeah, Raising okay. Strong the Strong Willed Child. Yeah, yeah. and so yes, I did read that. I don't know if you read that. I probably did. Yeah, but go ahead, Randy. What was well, that was my question. It's like. Because it, it sounds to me like you've implemented everything that he says to do in a family. And uh, I, didn't read, I didn't read the book. I had, my father, my father educated me. That's, I was, was kind of wondering that too. Like, how did he, would y'all yeah, say? I mean, you just said your dad. You read the book. Yeah. How did y'all learn to be parents? Was it just trial and error, following the Lord, or was there like? It's learn as you go. Truly. I spent a lot of time talking to my father. Uh, yeah, he did that. My father, my father would talk to me mm-hmm. about about raising children. One little thing that he told me, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a regular thing, but occasionally there is corporal punishment. You have to 
spank a child's rear end occasionally. It's I mean, but my dad, my dad would, when we would talk about that, he said, "Son, you have to allow the you you don't rush in immediately and comfort the child that you just disciplined." He said, "You have to let them. You have to allow your discipline." to take effect hmm. and they need to think about what they've done mm-hmm. and, and, and what happened. And then after they've given some time to think about it, then you need to go into them and, and tell, assure the child that you love them and, mm-hmm. and that, you know, you know, just love, love on the child and, and tell them you love them. Mm-hmm. And, and his point was, if you, and I don't know what book he read. I'm sure he didn't read a book, but uh, <laughs> uh, children children can easily get actions associated with feelings, you know. And and I he he his recommendation was to distance the distance distance the 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 discipline from the from the love, you know. So that they didn't associate. I mean, you know, and I've always done it. I mean, we would discipline children from time to time, and and uh, and then we would call them back and discuss it. And at the end of it, uh, I mean, we they ended on a high note with love. We always mm-hmm. loved them. Yep. We'd always make we we would always <laughs> tell them we loved them, and 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 had them a way to had a positive way to go forward. Mm. It wasn't terminal. There was always a positive way that they could correct their at their behavior and move forward, mm-hmm. and, and everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? And I learned by watching my mother. You know, you emulate the role model, you know, of the same sex. We Women look at their mothers. Men look at their fathers, right? Yeah. And so I just watched my mama. I, I realized after homeschooling my children, I'm a visual learner. I, I'm not a person of a lot of words, believe it or not. Um, but I learn by watching. And I learn by seeing. And I think you can't also underestimate the fact that Regardless of all the dialogue, it's really your actions that they see and mimic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's it, you know? I mean, if they see me sitting on the couch six, eight hours a day, by golly, they probably will sit on the couch six or eight hours a day along with me, you know? I mean, and so, um, you know, we've become a society of a lot of words, and I think sometimes too many words. I, I think we just need to just get into action and just start living life and allowing them to see how to live life at, primarily as a servant. Jesus came to serve. We're servants. And, and that's key to me. Well, you know, I, the, the whole structure of our society is changing. Every, every day, every week, every, every month is changing. And, uh, and, you know, within a family unit, there's, there's a structure to it. And, and the children have to be taught what that structure is, you know, I mean, there's a structure to it and and they need to be instructed and, and, uh, 
I mean, our children were very like we always prayed that they would not they they were not rebellious and 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 uh, they received it well and mm-hmm. I mean it, it was just uh, again it's the grace of God because yeah we're really you know more than anyone evident of their own shortcomings and failings and yeah but no I I just think that yeah. I just think that it, it's a beautiful thing. The family is a beautiful thing, and all the interactions and the coordination that goes on. And you know, I would sometimes I would come home, and and they would they'd all be Janice would all have them. They'd be singing, and <laughs> I mean, it's just it's really hard to be upset with somebody when you're singing beside them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you can't, I mean, they sang with each other and yeah, they, when they got older, they were in choir together. Yeah. I and, mean, and, you know. and even serving as a family is like yeah, one of the best church, things. I mean, we church. just told them you're going to be in the choir with your mom and dad. Yeah. All of us were in that choir, all different yeah. ages. And they sang with us and, uh, yeah. and, and really they never, they never really uh, bucked our recommendations, you know. We just say this is what we're doing, yeah. And they just okay, just maybe a couple times. They're like, I don't want to do. Well, that. I would always shame JP, JP, and Benjamin and David to be tenors <laughs> because I can't read. I can't. I can sing the notes if someone's beside me mm-hmm. singing a tenor line to a song. I I can do that. I can. But as far as me picking it out and finding it, I can't do it. But if I hear it, I can sing it. So I'd always try to associate myself with my around my three sons in a choir setting because they all sang beautiful. David and Benjamin, JP, they all could really sing beautiful tenor lines in some of those songs. And man, we were good. Yeah. We were real good. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fun. Well, I mean, I enjoyed singing. It was singing fun. With my it was it was fun. Okay. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I don't know if they enjoyed it, but I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a couple more questions for you. I know we're almost out of time, but no, uh, I guess like we have two more, and then we'll kind of see if you want to. Um, leave us with anything, but you were talking about discipline and it seems like, you know, you were really intentional about discipline, um, you know, and just the structure of discipline, but what were some of the things that you always disciplined? Like what was not tolerated in your home? Well, from, uh, I'll speak for myself. When I would, when I would hear children interacting with their mother, I could, I, that man is like a dog, and I'm sure Randy can. I mean, if he hadn't, he will pick up on it. <laughs> that you can hear the tone. I mean, I remember growing up as my, when my father would tell me, I don't like the tone of your voice and how you responded to your mother. You don't do that to your mother. Mm-hmm. That's your mother. Don't do that. And, and, and I, you know, but, but when they were, you know, a little bit upset or something and they would bark back or say, I mean, I, I, I just really didn't tolerate it. The disrespect, disrespect, the whole, the whole structure of the family is based upon respect mm. that I mean, really, and truly, I mean, it's a structure, but it's, 
that the, at the heart of the structure is respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't respect your dad and mom, I mean, then the likelihood is you're going to have a really difficult time respecting people outside the home. If you don't respect your brother or your sister, mm-hmm. then then you're going to have a hard time respecting your neighbor. And and good, bad, or indifferent, you know, uh, it's the father's God-given job to kind of be the arbiter oversee that i mean there's examples in the bible of you know eli who was a priest Mm -hmm. had a wonderful job and was well thought of but did nothing to his two sons and and they they really were ruined because of his lack of interaction with them that's right it's because of respect they didn't respect the procedures that were in place for the for the sacrifices and 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 just did what they wanted to do and 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 it wasn't tolerated and they were they were punished for it. So disrespect was one. The way that they responded, I mean, you know, first to 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 my wife, to their mama, and and then to each other. They had to be. I mean, yeah. I kind of try to regulate the. We need to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Even if you disagree, you can be respectful to one another, and mm-hmm. but but uh, defiance. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm if I ask you, yeah. if I ask you to do something, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a legitimate request, a lawful order. There's not a problem with it, and you bow up and tell me you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I don't know. I would probably ask you why. Can, why just in, inquire? Why can't you do it? But uh, yeah, I mean it's going to go downhill from that. Right. I mean they're not going to disrespect. They're not going to dis. They're not going to just be that blatant with it. Yeah, right. They, I, they can't do that. Right. You know, disrespect and, and defiance and and then disobedience. You know, if, if if we were to tell our children not to do something, you know, and and we would always try to explain it. The reason why I don't want you to go down to the creek. And, and go up and down the creek uh, is because, one, there's it's summertime, and you may get bit by a snake or, you know, being in law enforcement, I was always careful about having my children roam around on somebody else's property that they didn't have permission to go on, you know, and stuff. And I tried to, I tried to put the boundaries there but mm-hmm. and explain it to them, but, you know, if they – if they just uh, yeah didn't do it, I mean there had to be a consequence. Otherwise, I heard this one time: if if you have a law and it's not enforced, then it's an opinion. Hmm. It's an opinion, and, and it and and it, it as society goes, so goes our families. That's good. If you if if you as a couple of of you know. A man and a woman in a family setting, however you decide to set it up, is if it honors God, it's good. But if you put down the standards and you don't enforce them, yeah, then it becomes just daddy's opinion, mama's opinion, just like everybody else's opinion. Yeah. It's not really a law. Yeah, so there's no respect there either, right? There's, that, you're going to lose exactly all your respect. Right. 
Yeah. That's no, no. There's got to be, and, and there's you have to do. I mean, that's a it's a pretty high mark. You have to maintain respect. Yeah. But the beauty of it is, if you begin the process of maintaining respect, a child's respect for the parents, and then their individual respect to their to their siblings and to people outside the home, everything's respectful. If you start at an early age, uh, you don't have to worry when they turn sixteen or seventeen. Mm-mm. You know, I, one of the things that I love about yeah, you know, I know like you're right about respect is that you're talking about maintaining respect. And so you're talking about maintaining your character, right. And being you know, worthy of respect as a, as a dad, as a father. Yes. And that's right. That's yes. where I think the challenge really comes in to all parents is that you have to maintain this character and, and you want to have a, like an impeccable character, right? A godly character that leads you to, but we fail in many ways. But yet yes. there's still the standard there of what a good father is, right? What a good yeah. you know, what a good mother looks like and maintaining that and striving for it, I think mm-hmm. is very challenging. Um you know, and I was I know like not perfectly, but I think that's one reason that uh, your children come out so well is that youth maintain that you've you've just fought for a good character. And I've heard stories yeah. It it, it is fighting. You're right. I mean, it it is. I always say, I mean, I've had a lot of jobs in my life, but raising children is the greatest work you will ever do. Fashioning a human being. There is no greater work than fashioning a human being. I mean, can you think of anything more important, right? So when you look at it that way, it's a very sober job. Yeah. And Even in your failings, you always say, I'm getting back in it. I'm getting back in the game. I've got to keep striving. i got to improve this. I have to correct this. I've got to, you know, see this for what it is. It's like you're, you, we constantly would evaluate, self-evaluate. How can we do this better? And people just assumed because I started homeschooling when they were little, they're like, oh, you're going to homeschool all the way through high school. I'd say, no, we reanalyze every year yeah. whether we're going to. And when we got to the high school years, we know we needed more for them and wanted more. And it was either public school or start a homeschool tutorial, which I ended up doing with two other families and a principal. But, but so every year and all the time, you're looking, you know, when, when you see a failing in yourself, you're like, well, how, how can I improve this? How can I change it? How can we do this better? You never stop doing that when you're raising children. Yeah. Just so be brave enough to look inward. I guess that's what I'm saying. That's good. Yeah, be that's brave really enough. Good. Yeah. That's good. You know, yeah. I, I think we, uh, We've covered a ton, and uh, Randy has one yeah. last question. Yeah. He wants to. And, and, My you know, favorite color is green. No, nah, <laughs> it's not that. It's a little deeper, but uh, yeah, it's about the Dewey name, and uh, I think it goes back to respect. But it's uh, um, and it's not about where it came from, but it's it's how did you um, like what emphasis did you put on the Dewey name? Like, hey, son, daughter. You're a Dewey, 
and that no, means well, something. Well, yeah. I think I think what I did was Genesis said you did. No, I, I mean I, it wasn't on the duly name. It it I would occasionally go through and say, you know, your mama wasn't trash, and and I I know your mom your grandmother wasn't trash, and I know there's nobody in your line that was trash. There's nobody that was trash. Everybody was God fearing. Decent, respectable, honorable people, and 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 I don't know which one of us. I, I said if you if you turn out to be anything less, it'll because it'll be because you consciously choose to do that. Mm-hmm. I said I said don't do that. I said you if you do. You'll probably be the first one. <laughs> they said, I'm not doing it. That's right. I mean, right. It, it wasn't a duly name, but it was, I mean, my my dad was, uh, my dad and mother were, were, I mean, they weren't perfect. I told my dad before he died several times, I said, Daddy, you were not perfect. I said, but you were perfect for me. That's good. And that's how, that's how it rolls. I'm I'm not sinless. He wasn't sinless. He had his share just like I do. Mm-hmm. But but he was absolutely perfectly what I need. Yeah. You know. And mm-hmm. and they need to have a connection with with where where they came from and and you know I did I did a lot to try to place my three sons in and around their grandpa to enter, I mean, although they were like seven and a half hours away for a big portion of their lives, I mean, we would make pilgrimages, road trips, and at night and break down and had people. You had to get tow trucks, but I mean, just experiences. We had wonderful times with my father, and he was able to talk. And they'd ask him questions, and he'd talk to them. And I mean. They saw him, and 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 it's a benefit that connection with the past is really, 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 really important, but because it it verifies what I've told. I told them what their what their granddaddy was, and then they got to meet him, and they found out that it was true. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same process that we go through with salvation. We. We tell our children about a God in heaven that loves us and cares for us. And, you know, uh, they get that through their interaction with us. I mean, it's a, it's a natural, logical step for a, for a child that's raised in a Christian home. My father, my mother, they love me. They take care of me. They provide for me. They're telling me of a, of a spiritual father. That, that's even better that's that good. will not only take care of me today, but forever in a place he's prepared called heaven. And they say that I need to have a relationship with him and get to know him and give him my heart. Well, it's just a natural progression. They love you. They love him. I mean, it's, it's, it just flows that way. And people associate you with a name. So you go out in the community and they find out your name and they say, Oh, 
You know, they, they make an association. And the reason that's important for a child to learn that you're carrying a family name well, and you're representing it is I because as too. Christians, we represent Christ that's right. to that's a lost and dying world. I mean, we carry, we, his name. we carry his name and we should not have to even tell people that. I mean, they should yeah. be able by our behavior that, I mean, you all have met people instantly. You don't even know them. And you said you walk away saying they must be a Christian that they're, you know, it's that the spirit of Christ in them. But I think that's the importance of them, you know, identifying and associate with the family name is that. We are then associating and identifying with Christ. It, it's it's a mirror of that. Yeah, very so, good. You know, well, you know, if, if I don't know where either one of you are raised, but if you're raised in a small town, like our children were raised in Lafayette, Tennessee, which is a pretty small town, and invariably they'd be out, you know, and they'd say, "Who's your daddy?" Or yeah, what? Who are you, son? What's your name? And they would tell them, "Oh." Oh, you're, you know, you're so-and-so son, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it was, it was a benefit to them. And there's a lot, there's, I mean, if an excess pride is not a good thing, but I'm saying being, being, being proud of the fact that, that your parents are, are of a certain quality, yeah. it inspires children yeah. to, to act a certain way. And that's kind of the progression it is for for a Christian. See, I, I don't, I don't uh, not do things. Uh, my goal now as a Christian is I don't do things not because I'm going to go to hell, but but because I don't have a desire to 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 cast that kind of uh, shame upon my heavenly Father. Good. And my and my children, my children, I don't know this, but I would imagine they've been in situations where they had opportunity to, but they said, uh, better not. Yeah. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want dad and mom to find out about that. I no, I no, I'd like to, but I can't. Yeah. And it's it's a control on. Just like, just like it says that the Holy Spirit of God constrains us. Mm-hmm. Well, because of love that we have for Christ. Well, it's exactly the same thing with our children. Yeah. We develop, they develop a love and a tenderness toward us. And then as they develop mentally, it kind of clicks and they think, you know what, I can do this. But I don't want to do that because of how it may affect my mom and dad. So it's a, it, it becomes a relationship that the primary thing is love, not law, yeah, yeah. but love. Yeah, and that's kind of like um, what is that thing that the that one parenting book was talking about? Which parenting book? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. I don't remember what it was, but he he was talking about something like um, change doesn't. What is like like change isn't lasting when it's just the law. Oh no! It's only the gospel can. Pro- oh, it's the law. The law can't produce what only grace can. Yeah, and 
That's yeah, something like um, that. And so it's, basically, maybe it's not as connected as I was. Yeah, it's like there's got to be a heart change. <laughs> it's all good. That's yeah. right. But but I will say this, yeah, you know, it's really been a ple- uh, a pleasure, you know, speaking with both y'all. And, oh. and you know, I really do. It's my prayer that there's a you know a million you know families that get to that hear, this. hear this and say, you know what, I want to have a family <laughs> like what. Jim and Janice doing. You yeah. know, and uh, oh. and so it, well, it's, it's powerful. It really is. Anything, anything we can do to help and encourage. And and like I said to Jim, I said, I, I just assume people learn from my victories and mistakes. And um, so it's, it's good to be transparent. And, and listen, there is no question too dumb. The thing that I try to encourage parents to do more is ask. When you need help with something, anything, ask and seek that help. And um, you'll be so better off for it. Believe me, you know, put your pride aside. You know, what are they going to think of me? What? It, forget about it. You know, you want to do it the right way and the best way. So seek the advice. There's always mothers like me that want to just be there and help you in any way I can. So That's just awesome. uh, remember that. And you're welcome to call anytime, Hillary. Yeah. And Randy. That's right. but, but also people need to keep in mind that the God that, that Christians serve, is not a respecter of people. Yeah. As he was, he is, and he will always be. Mm-hmm. And if he has done this for Janice and myself, yes, then He'll he do it for then you. he is more than able mm-hmm. to do That's the very good. same thing Amen. with any couple mm-hmm. that submits to him and allows him to have control over the rearing of their children. Yes. He will do it for anyone. He he's a loving God. Yes. It, it's not a, it's not a, it's not, yeah. it's freely given, mm-hmm. freely received. Mm-hmm. It's just by his grace. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it is. Amen. Well, right. thank you guys. And I want to remind everyone that next week, if you tune into the podcast, you will get to hear from four of the five of the Dooley kids. So definitely check back with us next week. That'll be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back next week. Okay. Thank you both. Thank you both. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.